If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Gentlemen, this is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and the Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Booker T to my Shane McMahon. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Sucker. <laughs> hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. So... Unforgiven 2001, man. We're going back into the to the uh, invasion storyline. Got any memories of of uh, this one at the time? The the pay per view. Yeah, like I assume you watched this one live. Like I did. did. Yeah, I had just went to SummerSlam the one before too. That was my first ever one. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. Kind of. This is kind of like a uh, continuation of that. I think there's a couple of rematches on this one. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, and SummerSlam was a, if I remember correctly, SummerSlam was a pretty decent show that year. I'm sure I you think had it was fun. probably my favorite one uh, for, well, I guess 2002 blew that away, but it's definitely yeah. my top top favorites ever. Yeah. Hey, I'm biased so far, because I was there, but you know. Right. I don't remember off the top of my head uh, SummerSlam 2012, but I know 92 was good, 2002 was good. So. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm wondering, uh, like, well, that, that, that bodes well for 2022. <laughs> I don't know where it's going to be at yet. Yeah. Well, wherever it is, I'm sure you'll be there. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping they give it, it to Boston. Cause like, you know, they deserve one and they're supposed to get it before pandemic. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. And you could be at the, uh, and they would do it at the, probably the baseball field there. So at, uh, Gulf Fenway, but I, I could see them doing Gillette too. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, Unforgiven 2001, uh, I think it was a sleeper show, man. It's not talked about by a lot of people, but I think it was... It's on the heels of, of the 9-11, too, so it was... Uh, yeah, it was the I first pay-per-view since then. Yeah, and we didn't review it because it like, seems like everybody and their brothers reviewing the show around this time of year, but you know, SmackDown held a, a special uh, post-9-11 show. I believe they were live, weren't they? Yeah, it was supposed to be on 9-11, and then it happened, so then they went live on Thursday. Yeah, and they were in Houston, uh, home of then-President George W. Bush. So it had it had a whole bunch of special meanings uh, to the show in more ways than one. And it was uh, – Bruce Pritchard did a whole show, a whole podcast on that. It was a big deal for a lot of people, and it was, I think it was the biggest crowd at any event since, since 9-11. Uh, there was like the first one. So it, it was a big deal. And then this pay-per-view, man, and, you know, they they soldiered on. They kept up with the invasion. And I don't know, man, there's a lot to talk about on this on this show, don't you think? 
quite a bit. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into all of that. Some of it was uh, edited out by Peacock that we'll <laughs> that we'll talk about one specific match, but. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll dive into the news and notes after the break. But first, I do want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed sports gear from your favorite leagues, teams, and players at Fanatics.com. Link down in the podcast description. Let them know that the main event marks and the unhinged sports network sent you. Also, we've got some exciting news to announce as our new sponsor is Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics. They are made and shipped in the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. I also want to say that if you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Please like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. We appreciate all of that, no matter what platform you're listening on. And if you are listening on the podcast feed, we would uh, ask that maybe you listen to us live as well. We play live every Wednesday. That's our debut of our brand-new episode on Unhinged Radio. You can check us out at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We play at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Wednesday on the Unhinged Radio Network. And we also have replays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. All right. Well, now we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it's news and notes time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show and we are back and we're back we're about to get into the news and notes but before we do that we want to let you know that yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price they're built from the latest manufacturing techniques yeats shades are made for comfort durability and big yeats moments and on top of that a percentage of all profits go towards beach cleanups, and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and use that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D to save yourself 10% at checkout. 
anyway, uh, as we were talking about earlier, in the wake of the terrorist attacks, the SmackDown tapings, uh, taping schedule rather for 9-11 in Houston was postponed to two days later on uh, 9-13 and aired live. Lillian Garcia opened the show with a hell of a rendition of the National Anthem and a Vince McMahon promo that, well, hey, roll tide. Uh, and, uh, he said McMahon, open the show, so I figured why not. Let's go. Yeah, right. But the uh, Vince McMahon promo that was basically an American pep rally, uh, Kurt Angle was was also on the show, not uh, not but not selling his injuries from Raw at all. Given the newfound patriotic fervor in America, the reality, although no one will openly admit it, is that WWF sees Kurt Angle as the USA chant magnet, and they didn't want him here selling injuries and looking weak when America is all about being strong right now. Weirdly enough, when SmackDown aired on Sky TV in the UK, uh, they edited out everything to do with 9-11, so all the promo videos, the opening, even the RVD versus Spike Dudley match was cut because commentary talked about 9-11 throughout most of it. So as a result, the UK SmackDown only lasted about 51 minutes this week. Jeez. Yeah. That's a little weird. I mean... I don't... Yeah, I don't particularly understand that, but... Yeah. It's like... I guess the only excuse you could make is it's like, well, it's all pro-America. It's like, yeah, but 9-11 affected... I mean, obviously it hit America the hardest, but it affected the world. So uh, I don't. I, don't I mean, it changed it. flight forever. Oh, I know, right? I mean, that's the world. Literally connects you to the world. Yeah, you know, right. So you have to, you have to just like be extra, super careful with everything that you take on an airplane now. And dude, I don't even like taking like keys and stuff, dude. I know. <laughs> I remember. I remember mm-hmm. I had to take my car keys with me to, to Florida, and I I was like, ah, I hope it doesn't set anything off. But they freaking go through your bags and everything all the time, and did you all pack right. this? It's like, uh, no, somebody packed it for me. Last time I, I went on a plane, I was lucky. They were really gentle with rubber glove, at least. Yeah, so did they did they caress you when they were patting you down? Uh, I made sure they did, yeah. <laughs> I saw I'm, this... <laughs> I haven't been on an airplane I, I, since uh, we, you and I went to Chicago, and I'll be on there at the time of this airing next week. Yeah, coming yeah, to right. see you in Columbus. So, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Uh, I will be over what I mean, unless something drastically horrible changes between now and then, uh, I should be over whatever the hell I have, whether it be flu or the vid or, you know, whatever the hell. So I'll be good to get By the time this thing airs, I should be feeling better. So taking the vitamin C and the zinc and the flu, you know, medication and everything else. So hopefully that kicks its ass, whatever it is. But either way, yeah, man, uh, I think I watched this SmackDown live. I'm sure you did. I did. It was it was a hell of a show. I mean, it was the thing that was memorable wasn't any like matches or anything like that. It was just like the stuff that I laid out, you know, like especially the rally promo at the beginning of the show by Vince McMahon really shows you how great he he was I, now and I say was because like now he's of that age where it's like he's still got it to an extent but I mean he's pushing 80 isn't he like he's at least mid 70s I don't know off the top of my head but I'm gonna assume yeah on, so we can, we can pause for editing here yeah right <laughs> I don't know you not know <laughs> you don't know that Vince McMahon is actually 87 years old I'm kidding. I know he's not that 76. old. 76. Okay, so he's 76 years old. 
He looks every bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's in great shape, but he looks and sounds every bit 76. He's in better shape than most of his wrestlers. (laughs) No, I know. He's in better shape than me, and I'm turning 31, uh, I think, this week. So there you you go. Well, I, folks, he thinks he's turning it this week. He's not sure. I His might die. May or may not come. Yeah, right. This may. Hey, this may air posthumously. Okay, I may be dead. I don't yeah, know. I guess we can say that every single week for both of us, to be fair. So. Yeah, that's true. But I, I was trying to think of dates. It's like, when the hell does this air? It's like, yeah, I'll be 31. Okay, so happy birthday to me, uh, Unforgiven 2001. But yeah, so either way. Uh, moving on, the WWF and DirecTV struck a temporary deal to air. Uh, the, I remember this. Pay-per-view. See, I was too young yeah. at the time to remember any of the or to know about any of this. I, I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah, but uh, uh, my buddy watched it on DirecTV and I watched it at his house and we almost couldn't watch it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah, wanna well, say it happened like the Thursday before Unforgiven when we knew we were going to be able to watch it. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was like I think it was like down to the wire. Yeah, because it said they'd been negotiating a new deal and it wasn't going really well. But the two sides agreed to air Unforgiven under the terms of the old deal while they continue to negotiate a new one. Not airing the show would have cost both sides around one million dollars each in lost profits. So needless to say, they both wanted to settle this. So for now, negotiations continue. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of lost revenue for one show, man. Yep. And uh, not even one of the big ones either, by the way. Oh, DirecTV? Eh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I meant Unforgiven, but... Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine if this, this was over, like, SummerSlam or WrestleMania? Like, good Lord. Yeah, right. That just reminds me of... I uh, can't remember which... Uh, I can't remember which show it was back in the day. I want to say it was in 89, where Vince was playing hardball with the with the pay-per-view providers. And I think they that was WrestleMania caved. 4. Yeah, and the and the pay-per-view providers caved and gave him they didn't give him everything he wanted, but they they gave him damn near the farm and I think they screwed it. I think that was when they screwed over Turner with Russell War 89 because I think it was supposed to air like the same day or something like that as uh, WrestleMania and they had to move cuz pay-per-view providers like screwed him over in the end. Uh go back. We we've reviewed Russell War 89. Everybody uh, is now in the archives. Go check that out. Some hell. It was a hell of a story. This stuff's still happening to this day, dude. Um, Tony Khan decided to move AEW because it was going up against the UFC and Madison Square Garden and the Canelo fight. So this stuff's still happening to this day. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, obviously it'll never happen to AEW again. Uh, right. Yeah, they've got so many fail safes and their own network and everything else, so they're good. But yeah, with with AEW, I mean, you could say what you want about them and if they're doing well or not but at the end of the day it's canelo and it's ufc and msg so uh you're not gonna you're not gonna beat that out man i think uh, ufc and msg is gonna do a big number not against canelo there's no way yeah canelo is one of them they're dead them, that's <laughs> one of them names in boxing that still draws like a lot so he's he's got a whole country rallying behind him but uh, long term, WWF is still planning to split the rosters sometime in early 2002, with WCW going on its own as a separate entity and own show. There's no set date, and WWF is pretty much being booked week to week on the fly right now, with uh, little in the way of long term planning. 
Well, uh, yeah, that doesn't exactly happen. When the hell was it when they yeah, had that? Yeah, things not that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the hell was it? Because I'm getting my dates mixed up here of when they turned Raw into Nitro. Uh, and, that was June. Hey, for that okay, one night. So, so it already happened. Oh, that one match, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was in June or July. I want to say it was June. After King of the okay. Ring before Invasion, I know that. Yeah, because I remember they had uh, Arn Anderson was one of the commentators. I can't remember. Was the other one Scott Hudson? It was, yeah. Okay. And, I think Stacey Keebler was the announcer. Wow. And then, yeah, the whole thing was just, uh, they it was at Buff Bagwell and Booker T. Mm-hmm. And the match got interrupted by Stone Cold and Kurt Angle, who just came down and beat the crap out of him and then literally threw him out, out of the building before the match was even over. Uh, and apparently the match stunk up the joint so bad that Vince was like, well, this isn't going to happen. You know, because that's a good, uh, you know, sample size right there. Uh, what, what, what's Booker T and Buff Bagwell going to do in one match in the middle of, I think they were in Seattle or some crap. I think Booker T was a good, obviously really good, but yeah. Yeah, Booker Booker would have been fine, but like, even if you like Buff Bagwell, is he really the guy that you're like, man? If you really want to see what WCW's got, throw in Buff Bagwell. Yeah. He's, he's like the Millhouse of wrestling. He's like, my mom thinks I'm cool. It sounds like Ralph. <laughs> Me fail English? Impossible. Anyway, ah, uh, yeah. So the WCW brand split didn't exactly work out we'll just say now i i kind of wish it would have but at the same time the roster that they had for wcw wasn't exactly gonna it was, it was never gonna set the woods on fire we'll say and uh we can see some of that on the show coming up actually speaking of wcw there are some new details on the decision that that uh led to the cancellation of wcw on turner networks back in march back when eric bischoff and fusion were still negotiating to buy wcw The plan written into the deal was for Nitro to move to TBS because they were rebranding TNT and wrestling would not fit into the new image of the network, Uh, which TBS. Very funny. Yeah, that's 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 where you put Nitro. (laughs) Well, I'll leave that obvious joke alone. I was going to say at the time, maybe. Uh, But anyway, uh, around the same funny, though, in 2022, I think, isn't AW moving there, though? Yeah, I don't get that one. I'm like, supposedly they've been doing good ratings on TND. So I don't know why they're moving it unless they are like, well, you're doing good ratings. So maybe we can get good ratings on TBS. I I, I don't know. My thinking is like, uh, there's always been like TNT's the drama network. So, yeah, but TBS, like you said, it's supposed to be like the comedy sitcom network. So it's it's literally geared towards comedy like everything they do i know so i just i don't get it but whatever i don't know uh my the thing that made me laugh before was um uh Meltzer was talking about well well oh, raw not lost. Sad, huh? he said Meltzer, huh? <laughs> yeah well he was like well you know raw lost in the ratings i'm like i'm assuming you're talking about to dynamite like it had lower ratings than dynamite Right? Like, that's the only thing I could think of. It's like, is that really a thing now? Yes. Ugh, gosh. It's like, who cares, bro? Nobody cares. Well, some people do, but. I just, 
find it funny that he thinks ratings matter. Like, I don't... When you have all these record-breaking record-breaking profits and stuff coming in, does anybody give a damn about the ratings? Like, seriously? Yeah, this isn't this, just, this isn't even comparable to years ago. Like, it's not comparable. I mean, yes, ratings do matter to an extent, but not anywhere near what they used to matter. So, I don't know. And, and there are networks that openly cancel shows or frequently cancel shows with great ratings. So that kind of shows you that ratings don't matter that much. Just to give you an idea of where we are in the times now, now it's more like uh, how many hours of streaming did this show get? That's yeah. what the new ratings is. <laughs> right, yeah, because there were shows I heard about that it was like, oh, it did really good ratings. Ah, but it didn't do great in the streaming numbers, so we got to cancel it. Like, what? I don't know. But the deal would have given WCW four primetime hours uh, on TBS for the next 10 years. Around the same time, uh, Fusion's biggest backer or financial backer, private equity firm Warbus Pincus, okay, or War, Warburg Pincus, uh, has pulled out of the deal. And it's Real unknown. Name. Right. And it's unknown how Fusion would have been able to afford to run WCW without them. The uncertainty might have uh, played a part in Jeannie Kellner deciding to simply cancel WCW programming. If Fusion couldn't afford it, uh, afford it if WWF couldn't buy it because of Viacom blocking the TV deal, there uh, were simply no other interested buyers. By canceling the TV shows that freed uh, Turner up to sell WWF to, to WWF, because Viacom would no longer stand in the way. When it became uh, clear that Kellner was canceling it and Vince McMahon was going to buy it, Bischoff made the last-ditch effort to try to secure a deal with USA or FX, but it didn't happen. <laughs> USA, man, can you imagine if Monday Nitro would have came to the USA Network and, and Raw was on TNN? That would have been crazy. Yeah, it would have been effing weird. And then, you know, Bischoff would have been tooting that horn on TV every week. Like, well, they lost WWF, but they got us. Yeah, but who else is bragging besides him? Yeah, right. That's like, oh, so now you're going to get preempted for the dog show. Okay. <laughs> and tennis. Oh, well, yeah. But USA was said to be dead set against airing any more wrestling after WWF left them. They turned down Until they get for the them same back. reason. Yeah, right. Uh, FX turned Bischoff down as well for various reasons. Concerns over Fusion's financial backing, for one. Also, Bischoff basically approached them with, we have to make a decision now before we sell to the WWF. And FX was uncomfortable making such a big decision in such an immediate time frame. FX would have had to make a deal within 48 hours and for it to go through all the legal red tape and due diligence necessary. It wasn't feasible. Obviously, WCW was a hot product. Or if WCW was a hot product, FX would have moved mountains to make it happen. But WCW had the stench of death on it for a long time, and nobody was jumping through hoops to save it. You don't say. The stench of death, that's so messed up. Yeah. I mean, and we're going to talk about it this more this Friday on our bonus episode about Vinny Ruru in uh, WCW. But, ah, uh, man, that company just, like, it, it sucked before he stepped in for a while. And then once he stepped in, it just got, like, worse and worse and worse. And, no, it wasn't him, though. He'll tell you that. Yeah, bro, it was everybody else, bro. I was doing everything right, all right? If Goldberg wouldn't have got hurt, bro, I was building the whole company around him. It would have been great. <laughs> they actually said at one point when he got hurt 
by punching <laughs> freaking through the limo and ripping his damn arm up. They're like, well, now Bischoff ha- or not Bischoff, uh, Russo has somewhat of an excuse to to blame. It's like, well, I was building things around Goldberg and now he's out injured. Like, yeah, but everything else sucked. Yeah, but then I would turn the attention to that's what you get when you only prepare one guy. Yeah, I know. Mm. It's well, it's like the football teams, and it's like we're we're building around one single guy, and then once that guy gets hurt, it's like they go from ah oh, these guys could be Super Bowl contenders to ah uh, they might win five games. My the one I go to is uh, when the Miami Dolphins lost Ricky was it Ricky Williams to go smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yep. Uh, the whole I remember them talking about it. They were like, oh, Ricky Williams. You know, and they, they were talking like, man, they're going to be a hot team this year. And then Ricky Williams leaves. And then next thing you know, they're like they're they're like one of the worst teams in the league. It's like, really? I realize he was a star player, but it's like you lose one guy and your whole team just collapses. And that's the end of your season. Sounds like every Dallas Cowboys season ever. <laughs> right. If only Tony Romo didn't suck. Hey, he found a position where he's amazing now, so it's fine. Yeah, right. Hey, who would have who would have thought that he would have excelled sitting on his ass? <laughs> <laughs> Every opposing quarterback ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this isn't the line of work for you, Tony. But anyway, uh, the relaunch or with the relaunch of UFC under Zufa, it is scheduled for this week, and the signs look are looking good at first. They sold out the 9700 seat Mandalay Bay weeks in advance. Uh, being the first sports entertainment-ish event since WCW to do that kind of number, but uh, other than the WWF, of course. But, of course, the events of 9-11 have thrown everything into upheaval. UFC has intentionally lowered the expectations for the pay-per-view buy rate uh, because most people aren't into buying pay-per-views mood right now. Uh, Everyone is still glued to their TVs watching the news, uh, then it was announced that the highly anticipated Felix Trinidad versus Bernard Hopkins boxing match was postponed due to 9-11 and will now be taking place the day after UFC's pay-per-view. Needless to say, that's going to wreck the buy rate also. This actually ends up being a disaster. To this day, Dana White calls UFC 33 the worst show in the history of the company. I think that was all where every fight went to a decision, and I think it went overtime by accident. I remember correctly. Oh, that's crap. the one. Yeah. Hot damn. That's pretty bad when like that's I you know think you're... part of it too was because they had three title fights on there. I think that was a thing. Ah, okay. Which well was obviously a huge mistake. Yeah. Those all go the distance. That's seventy five minutes right there. So, yeah. Right. And uh, I mean nine eleven was was bad for everybody in multiple ways, but uh, you know, this that's pretty bad when it's like you're trying to relaunch this company and obviously everything worked out well for him, you know, whatever. I'm not crying about it, but you know, you're trying to relaunch this company. You're getting everything going. It's big pay-per-view. And then it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, nobody's buying this. Yeah. I mean, even now people don't realize they still struggle to sell shows because there's not really many stars. Yeah. Uh, for, Anybody wondering, the main event of this card was Tito Ortiz defending the light heavyweight title against uh, Vladimir Matyushenko. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I don't really re- recognize most of these names. On there. Well, there's Jens Pulver versus Dennis Hallman. Uh, Dennis Hallman's the guy who famously let his testicles slip out of his his trunks on national pay-per-view. And that was because he was wearing freaking swim trunks. That's not a joke. Yeah, he was wearing like a little Speedo type thing. Yes. Yep. Oh, man. 
Uh, also on the card, there was Chuck Liddell defeating Murillo uh, Bustamante and Matt Serra versus Evis Edwards. Yeah. It's just Eves. So, Eves or, Edwards. Okay. Actually, I think it's just Eve, actually. No S. Okay. Not important, yeah. but we'll get roasted for it. So. Yeah, right. So there you go. The uh, This one, I don't know either one of these names, and this is just the main card. Dave Men, Many? I don't know. Versus uh, Gil Castillo. Can't place him. Yeah, I, I don't know either one of those guys. That's the only one I don't know either one of the people in that fight. So. Either way. That's the one, though. Correct me if I'm wrong. They all went to decision, right? Have you seen that? Uh, decision, decision. decision. Yep, all decisions. Yeah. yeah, that was the one. They went overtime, and they were, like I guess cable companies were pissed, and it was a whole thing. Yep. Yep. And they're all five rounds. Yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, the last three were well, five well, rounds. Well, there's just three title fights, yeah. So. Well, the middleweight fight, it doesn't say it was for a title. Unless it – well, okay, it was probably a title. It must have been a vacant title. Or it could have been the guy didn't make weights and it became a non-title, but it was still five rounds because they can't undo it. That's happened uh, multiple times. So. Uh, okay. This one was called UFC 33 Victory in Vegas was the tagline. I don't – do they They don't still put uh, taglines on shows, do they? No, they stopped that years ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. Now it's just so-and-so versus so-and-so. Huh. Well, Whatever. Former WCW turned WWF referee Billy Silverman quit the company. Apparently, Silverman upgraded to first class on a recent flight, uh, and that's apparently considered a sign of arrogance because first class is seen as uh, for only those who have made it to the top of the company and, quote, earned it. As a result, the rest of the roster ribbed Silverman unmercifully about it. They told him they'd let it go if he bought beers for everybody on the flight, but apparently he didn't buy enough beers, and they kept bullying him about it when the flight landed silverman got off the plane and told wwf officials he quit silverman has spoken about this in years since and said that it was pretty much the last straw he had been bullied for a while uh, before that too mostly by bradshaw i am so shocked (laughs) yeah right wait a minute somebody was bullied by bradshaw that doesn't that doesn't track just knock him out i mean joey styles dude (laughs) yeah right he should have just looked around he's like where's joey I can't imagine that guy packs a hard punch, but apparently it's enough to take out Bradshaw. I still question uh, if Bradshaw was not drunk when that happened. I think they said he was drunk That's and he got sucker why. punched. Yeah. So it's a combo of two, but yeah. Uh, t- during a dark match with an indie guy before Raw, Hugh Morris got pissed off when his opponent ducked a clothesline when he wasn't supposed to and then taunted Morris. In response, Morris threw him to the ground and started beating him up for real, uh, including a hard elbow to the spine. Morris then turned him over and held him down for a pin. As soon as the ref counted three, the indie guy jumped to his feet, no longer selling, and left the ring. Hey, that's no laughing matter, man. Wow, you said that. <laughs> that's the second time within that year, I believe, that happened, because I think Perry Saturn did the same thing. That same year, he got, he... So he got quote, moppied. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, the the Moppy incident. uh, It's got it wrapped up on this show, but we'll we'll talk about it. Gosh, yeah, because if there's one person you don't want to piss off, man, it's Hugh Morris. Apparently, he's got anger issues and snapped on many people. Yeah. Well, uh, wasn't Matt Cardona a part of that? Like, didn't he attest to something about putting a like during one of his training classes? He made somebody put a jelly donut in his butt and he stink faced somebody. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was a whole thing because they were saying he was getting like almost like 
sexually inappropriate with people, and they pointed out, like, I don't know if it was he put the jelly donut in his butt or he did it to somebody else, and then he stink-faced a trainee in the corner. Wow. It was, yeah. And That's, That sounds like a real story. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure Matt Cardona. <laughs> <It's real. laughs> yeah, right. And I'm pretty sure Matt Cardona was like, yeah, that happened. Because I think he was uh, training with him at the time. Which, you know, if you want to get the best training, man, you go to Hugh Effin Morris. You know, you joke. Like, right now, the best trainer, right, I, I think I've heard is, uh, I forget his actual name, but Prince Albert. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, was it Matt Bloom? Yeah, yeah, Bloom. So it's like. Yeah, he, well, he, yeah, he's one of them. Uh, I, there, there are a couple ones, man, because um, the, the places I've heard good things about that, you know, the obviously there's the performance center you know where they're training people from the ground up for wwe then there's you know the is it actually is it the factory or the nightmare factory i think it's the nightmare factory okay that i mean that one they're they haven't churned out any stars yet obviously but you know i'm trying to figure out why you decided to place them in this because i'm like who the hell have they made there's bailey's boyfriend there's the booker i think qt is um there's a goko <laughs> i think his name is who's never even right. on tv like what the hell have they done Camara- camarado i think is one of the guys thank uh, you for helping me prove my point you could have said wow. creator pro <laughs> I mean, Brian well Martin's i was i was working up to them i was working <laughs> up to create well the nightmare factory i'm pointing out because it's like they're you know that's where you go if, basically if you want to either them or create a pro is where you go if you want to you know uh fast lane to the to aew and Hey, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, like MJF's hot right now. Chris Stanlander's hot. A couple of ways. Um, wow. Caster's pr- doing pretty damn well, except for they're kind of neutering him at the moment. That's a different story. But yeah, he's got a good track record. Yeah. So I mean, Creative Pro's good. I, I pointed out the Nightmare Factory only because uh, Dustin Rhodes is one of the trainers there. So I mean, like I. Yeah, that's what shocks me. You think they'd be putting out more stars with a guy who doesn't freaking age? Well, my thing is. I, I don't think the guys came out the guys and gals came out of the Nightmare Factory. I don't think they've been going that long, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Is the Gun the Club other, there too? Uh, who? Or the Gun Club, or is this Billy doing himself? Or is I don't Billy know there about too? that one. I, I I honestly don't know about that one. He he might be there too. I feel like the Gun Club was part of the quote faction, but I don't know. They might be. I don't know. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of is the uh, the Jacob. I don't know if it's Jacobs Pritchard. Academy or Pritchard Jacobs Academy. I don't know, but you can still get trained by Dr. Oh, Tom. Yeah. The other Pritchard. Yeah. Uh, that's, well, he's, he's the one and not even joking. Like he's, he's trained stars. Well, if so, you hear Sasha Banks talk about him and she, like, she makes him out to be like the God of trainers. So. There you oh, go. hell yeah. Look at it. Look at his track record and like, not even, not even being like sarcastic. Like seriously, look at his freaking track record of people he's trained. He trained the rock. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right there. And it starts and ends right there. We're done. He can just wrap Angle. it up. He trained Kurt Angle, man. No, Kurt Angle trained him. Get that. Get that. Straight. Wow. Well, he 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 said that about um, Kurt Angle and The Rock. He's like, well, I didn't technically. He's like, I mean, technically, I trained them, but he's like, you know, they kind of trained themselves. He was like, they were naturals, and they, you know, he's like, there's not much I had to do. And then uh, another place, uh, if you're looking to get trained, a really good place is still Ohio Valley Wrestling. They're they're doing some good stuff, from what I've heard. And Al Snow runs it now. So Al Snow, who just saved a life, by the way. Yeah, right. It's another guy, by the way, giving the finger to Father Time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, good for him. Uh, speaking of The Rock, by the way, he was making the media rounds this week, including an appearance on Howard Stern. They had a segment where oh. a por- 
they had a segment where a porn star would vomit on a fan in in order for the fan to get a chance to meet the rock so there's that why if you're the rock are you going near the fan <laughs> yeah it's like um so i just want to know what diseases you may or may not have <laughs> all of them was like, this oh, remote, like the right. mummy 2 or something or was it uh, yeah, I don't know what a vomiting porn star would have to do with. I meant his, I meant his appearance on oh. Stern, but yeah, I can see how you got that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really don't know. This is like, what the F, man? Uh, if you're the right. Why are you shocked? Do you know what we're talking about here? Why are you shocked? I'm not shocked that that's on Howard Stern. What I'm shocked about is why is the rock on this? Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's still Howard Stern. Millions listen to him, so. No. Yeah, I know. And WWE wasn't squeaky clean at the time, or pretending to be squeaky clean at the time yet, so there's that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, speaking of porn, by the way, got to get more of that in. Were we? <laughs> uh, Randy Savage filed a lawsuit against his wow. wife. <laughs> Sorry, just <laughs> what? talking about a hard left. I didn't see that coming, but okay. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll see why here in a minute, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, Randy Savage filed a lawsuit against his former girlfriend, Stephanie Bellers, for using the name Gorgeous George to promote a porn video. For those not aware, Savage bought the rights to the Gorgeous George name from the heirs of the original Gorgeous George's estate. He originally purchased it for his brother, Lanny, to use as a gimmick in WCW, but it ended up never happening. So he instead gave the name to his girlfriend to use when she was introduced in WCW. But when the two split up, she continued using the name to promote herself in porn videos as well as for stripping. Classy. Oh, that's class. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. And this is the same woman, by the way, who I, I still haven't watched the A&E documentary on Savage. But from what I hear, she just trashed him on it. It's like, is it I only know you? I only know of it because Bischoff said it. I haven't seen it either, but. Right. Uh, I know Conrad said something about uh, the last like 20 minutes of it or whatever is just her like taking a, a verbal dump over him. So, like, I don't know. Like, who gives a crap what gorgeous George has to say? Amy, ratings, bro. I guess. By the way, we can't just brush past this part. He bought the name gorgeous George to give to Laney. In yeah. WCW. <laughs> like, what? I want to tread softly here with Lanny and WCW because last time we brought him up, we got roasted for it. <laughs> yeah, well, he was a wrestler, okay? Even though he only wrestled one match on, like, a random Saturday night and nobody saw it. But you know what? He was a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. That's like saying, like, you know, one of the guys in the Ultimate Fighter house that loses the fight in the first round or the first match, never on TV, is an Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, this this whole thing is like, what? But, I mean, I knew that Savage liked Gorgeous George because, I mean, he used the Pomp and Circumstance theme song, which was originated by Gorgeous George. So I just, I don't know. I, I didn't make the connection at first. It's like, oh, okay, so we bought the name. I got it. I always wondered how they got to, away with it. Trying to figure out how the genius would look as Gorgeous George now. <laughs> I wonder if you would have had him bleach his hair and just redo the whole damn gimmick with the uh, coming oh, out with God, the, what an image. What what the hell was that thing that um, uh, Rick Martell used for air against? Was it an, not 
I'm thinking aspirator, but that wasn't it. Uh, uh, start with an A. It was uh, atomizer. Yeah, probably it. I don't know, but like come out with one of them and spray the spritz the ring down, you know, before his matches and all that, and throw flowers into the crowd. I wish my brother George was here. Uh, I don't know why, but I can see Damian Sandow doing that. Yeah, he basically did uh, for a little while. Remember when he was doing that gimmick and everybody thought he was basically being Liberace? Yeah, he was like towing the line like of homosexuality yeah. and yeah. And he and he had Spud with him. Yep. It was a Drake Maverick. Yeah. Who is now back on TV, by the way? What the hell? Random, but on Raw. Yeah. Huh. Not where I expected him to land, but there you go. Uh, here's one, man. Most wrestling shows ran as planned recently, although CZW canceled an event, feeling that a light tube death match might be in bad taste, given how everyone is still raw from what happened on 9-11. What company was this? Combat Zone Wrestling. Say no more. Yeah. I like I like okay. how they're like, <laughs> they're I'm like, sorry. we got to uh, go ahead. I'm just trying to figure out, like, you said it's a light tube match. Uh, light tube death match. Yep. All right. So going off that, the primary thing in this match is a light tube. Is that safe yep. to say? Mm-hmm. What well, I mean, I get 9/11 was a thing. But what does that have to do with 9/11? Probably just any death match. Period. I would okay. assume. I mean, I just thought it was because of the light tubes. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. Like I, don't that? Think, okay, but... I don't necessarily think the light tube. I mean, maybe it did. Which if it did, I I don't get it either. But <sighs> whatever. Like, uh, you know, we feel like a death match may be in bad <sighs> taste right now. Right a, now? Yeah, a death match is always in bad taste. Always. There's that one rare exception. Yeah, right. Well, I I think we're okay now. All right, we we waited long enough. Death match time. Ugh, whatever. I'm sure there were some soldiers that want to have a death match with Bin Laden, but, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling just ran the worst tournament in company history with the worst possible finish. Oh, I, held- I'm going to assume this wasn't Uncle Dave saying this. Uh, this was him, actually. Holy crap. Yeah. So let me you, mark the day you said this. I, yeah, I'm you sorry. can take this to the bank. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, real quick. Does he know he's begging on New Japan? Like, yeah. Does he know you're watching it or what? Hey, he he frequently crapped on it when Enoki was running the company. So, uh, but yeah, they held a G1 World Tournament, which was basically just a five-man round-robin tournament with Scott Norton, Don Fry, Super J, whoever the hell that is, Don Giant, Fry, the, the mixed martial artist? Yep. Okay. Uh, Giant Silva and Scott Hall. Uh, and Giant yep. Silva from the Oddities? Yep. This uh, Wow, this was destined to fail. Like, okay. Yep. Uh, if that sounds bad on paper, you're right. Uh, and it exposed just how weak the foreign talent in New Japan is these days. Then it was made worse by Don Fry winning the whole thing, only to abruptly quit New Japan Pro Wrestling the next day and go to fight for Pride. So now the runner-up... Which Scott is right Nor- next door, so it's only went bar. Yep. Uh, so now the runner-up, Scott Norton, will challenge Yuji Nagata to the match next week with the winner getting an IWGP title shot. Let me just oh, point out that Yuji Nagata was recently on TV, by the way. If we're still going. Okay. Um, yep. I'm surprised Scott Norton isn't coming in to wrestle uh, John Moxley on one of these shows. I I knew Don Fry wrestled. I didn't know he did anything significant. That's weird. Yeah, he was in New Japan for like a heartbeat. This was during the time when, and this is one of the reasons why uh, Meltzer bagged on him, because Enoki was obsessed with uh, MMA, 
and he basically wanted to make New Japan like a combo of yeah, because I know he had Josh Barnett there, and I know he had Boss Rutan there, so yeah. Yep, and he had uh, well, he had like Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Mitsu, uh, Minoru Suzuki doing MMA stuff, and Yuji Nagata doing MMA stuff. It's like they're not fighters; they're wrestlers. I mean, uh, the guys I just mentioned are badasses, but they're not like MMA fighters. Like, I know. mean, I wouldn't t- take a shot at them. <laughs> no. Uh, by the way, for anybody out there, like, uh, I was there live for Moxley versus Suzuki. That's not the best of Suzuki. Like, even people like Alvarez and Meltzer, who you know fondle themselves to dynamite every week, even they were like, "Dude, they gave them ten minutes. What the hell? <laughs> like, this was not." the best that, and suzuki publicly like complained after this by the way he's like they cut my entrance they cut my match time and i got busted open i felt like what we got at the pay-per-view was better yeah or i shouldn't say better i mean hotter like i mean it felt like it was more of a thing uh, yeah i know it built up for something and then i don't know it just fell flat because i was like wow uh they're wrapping this one up quickly I don't know. Hopefully he comes back and does something more because that was that. I don't know if you're going to get over to an American audience. That was that was not it. Last story I got here. This is kind of wrapping up everything, putting a bow on the 9-11 stuff. Antonio Inoki was actually in New York City on 9-11, not far from the World Trade Center when the attack happened. Due to all the airlines being grounded, he was stuck in New York for the rest of the week. Japanese women's wrestler. Uh, it's it's Suki Yamazaki who is actually one of the jumping bomb angels, lives in Manhattan near Ground Zero, and none of her friends and family in Japan have heard from her since. So there's obviously a lot of concern about that. She was, turns out she was fine, and she still lives in New York City to this day. Uh, NWA Jersey promoter Fred Rubenstein works for the Port Authority in New York and was supposed to be at the World Trade Center that day, but was running late and was still a few blocks away when he got word of the attack. That's scary. Yeah, I I heard a lot of stories about that. I'm sure you have, too, where it was like, oh, I was running late that day. Or... I heard that um, two notables to me, uh, I heard uh, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on one of the flights. Something wow. happened. and he had pull- Same thing with uh, Seth MacFarlane. He wow. didn't get on the plane that day. Well, there Damn. you go. Yeah. And there was a couple people talked about, you know, it's like uh, for some reason their alarm, like, didn't go off that morning or or uh they had to take an alternate route and it like delayed them or something you know just a bunch of weird stuff that lined up so that certain people were not in the building at the time of the attacks or not on the planes so it's nuts man you want to talk about an act of god man (laughs) yeah really uh but that does it for the news and notes you ready to get into the event i thought this was the event oh yeah no, I'm the event. No. Good lord. No. <laughs> okay. Who was was it? Was, that was Chuck Palumbo, wasn't it? I was gonna say, can I be perfect so we can be the perfect event? But yeah, that was yeah, Palumbo was the main event. You're perfect, Sean, and I and Good I'm the lord. and I'm the event. So we're the perfect event. All right. Anyway, perfect, Sean. That was so damn lazy, by the way. Jeez. I laughed a little bit of it. It's like I did not laugh. Okay. I just thought it was lazy as hell. I'm like, wow, really? That's. Hmm. Okay. I thought they were going to do that with Sean Spears because, you know, the perfect 10 and Sean Spears. I thought they were going to, uh, eh, I don't know. But anyway, so 
We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to dive into Unforgiven 2001. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah brother, that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. It's WWF Unforgiven 2001. The date was September 23rd, 2001, two days after I turned 11. Uh, It's making me feel old. The tagline was, the greatest battles are fought from within. And I guess it's something to do with Stone Cold being mentally unstable. So there you go. Uh, the venue was the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Attendance was 13,855. And the band. Oh, uh, hold on. What did Uncle Dave say? I know that number. Okay, well, actually. <laughs> uh, and the pay per view buy rate was 350,000 buys. Well, you know, I have it on good authority. It was over a million buys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, well, actually, uh, the. The Mellon Arena, by the way, is now just called the Civic Arena, I guess. Or is the Civic the uh, I'm looking here. The capacity for hockey is 16,940. So, uh, I don't know. It was, let's see, the Civic Arena was, was served as the home uh, to uh, wait. the... Yeah, they play the Igloo now, what am I saying? Okay, yeah. Uh, the, it's, it served as home for the Penguins. 
and the city's National League, or yeah, the city's National League hockey team from 67 to 2010. So, uh, pretty sure it's shut down now from the looks of it. Shut down in 2011, or yeah, 2011. But all right. So, I, I don't know if this was a sellout, depending on how they tar, you know, tarp things off or whatever. But the show opens with Jennifer Holliday singing America the Beautiful. I don't know who Jennifer Holliday is, but apparently she's a Grammy award-winning whatever. At least the the announcement at the beginning of the show said that. The opening video... So she's, so she's won fake awards. Okay, cool. Wow. Uh, the opening video plays, and then we get Pyro going off to welcome us to the show. And we get the opening match, which is the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, defending the WWF Tag Team titles against the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff. Lance Storm and the Hurricane, and The Big Show and Spike Dudley in a four-team elimination match. These are this, all real uh, my, my first note is like, man, these are these are some real uh, amazing teams. And like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I try to go back. I'm like, why was Hurricane Storm together? I yeah. mean, Big Show and Spike can be like a, a ha-ha, you know, huge little guy. Okay, I can buy that. But Storm and Hurricane, that one gets me. Still, it's like, what the? F- why? <laughs> This one went about 14 and a half minutes. Uh, it's funny to see Teddy Long as a referee for this one. Uh, even though this is a four, and it's a tag match, player. Well, he probably made it. Dude, it's yeah, four right. teams in. That's like his wet dreams. Yeah, right. I like that meme where it was like when you see multiple people arguing in public and it's like a picture of Teddy Long smiling. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though this is a four-team match for the titles, the two WWF teams and the two Alliance teams stick together at first. Uh, Big Show and Spike are on the WWF side, by the way. Hardy Boys also on WWF side. The Dudley Boys and Storm and Hurricane are part of the Alliance. Uh, so the uh, team of Hurricane and Storm are eliminated first when Big Show hits the showstopper on Lance Storm for the pinfall. Uh, Matt Hardy then eliminates Big Show and Spike Dudley when Matt hits Twist of Fate on Spike for the win. Or excuse me, for the pin. In the end, Bubba Ray hits the Bubba Bomb on Matt Hardy, and Devon pins him for the win, and they retain their titles. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter star. I gave it three stars. What say you? I gave it three. I really liked it. Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, I mean, do like some of these undercard matches. I forgot who won, too, so that was cool. I know. Yeah, and seeing this, I was like, wow, I, I forgot that the Dudleys were part of the Alliance, to be honest with you. Um, I, I forget a lot of this stuff. It's been so long ago. But, yeah, the the teams were weird, like we said, but it all worked. Uh, every, everybody did their part. Spike wasn't just there to be a punching bag, so that was cool. Everybody kind of did their part, and it, uh, it was a great opening match. So there you go. But now, when Rob Van Dam is walking into the building, Stephanie McMahon offers her services to him to help him beat Chris Jericho tonight. Uh, RVD says that uh, he's a one-man team, but... He needs a dressing room big enough to contain his superstar status. Stephanie tells him to choose whatever locker room he wants, and he thanks her. Uh, I said, on, <laughs> I forgot he was trying to be uh, Deion Sanders-ish here. Yeah, right. It quickly yeah. goes away because I think they start to realize he's not going to be good as a heel. So they switch it to he's the most popular member of the Alliance. But <laughs> um, so, but. Wow. Even when he was a heel in ECW, he still had, like, a babyface following. Yeah, I mean, he's just cool. Yeah, how could you not like the dude that does the crap he does in the ring? I mean, how are you going to boo that? 
he's entertaining. He's cool. He's charismatic. I mean, yeah. By the he way, smokes the ganja. Wow. Well, that's the, why uh, a lot of people liked him, honestly. But the know, Jamaican hey, oregano. <laughs> uh, by the way, Stephanie McMahon, according to her, she was 25 here. She was looking all kinds of roll tide. <laughs> In this outfit, especially, she was all the way live. But we now go to Michael Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole crouching down in the front row with Kurt Angle's mom, Jackie, his brother, Dave, and other members of his family. Jackie says that she's excited for Kurt tonight because he won back at the uh, 1996 Olympics. and He'll win tonight. Dave says that Kurt won his gold medal with a broken freaking neck, so he'll pull through tonight and make the family proud. Apparently, he's like going off of he's nursing a neck injury. I know. Shocker. I think he was spike pile driven on the floor. Oh, wow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're playing that up a lot tonight. Uh, in the play-up package for the next match, we talked about this earlier. Uh, we see Terry Runnels turning on Perry Saturn, joining up with Raven, and then Raven putting Moppy through a wood chipper. Oh, man, that broke my heart, dude. Oh, man, that's Moppy, man. <laughs> man, how are you going to do that to Moppy? No! Why Moppy? Because the Moppy dolls weren't selling. I don't freaking know. <laughs> we got to witness mop murder on pay-per-view, man. Bro, we're going to put the mop in the wood ship and be gone forever. <laughs> Good Lord. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, apparently oh, this... I'm saying it, but okay. Good Lord. Uh, apparently this was because Terry Reynolds told uh, Perry Saturn, she's like, it's either me or the mop. And he chose the mop. He grabs the mop and looks at her and says, you're welcome, and walks off with it. Yes, I remember this. What the hell? <sighs> and Hey, you know, if, if I was looking at Terry Reynolds back then, I wouldn't have picked that mop or anything else for that matter. I'm just going to say that. Oh, man, that mop. Never mind. <laughs> hey, it was – I'm just going to say with Terry, it's like I think she was perpetually cold. All right? That's all I'm going to say. But this next oh. match – <laughs> this next match is Raven with Terry in his corner taking on Perry Saturn. It went about five minutes. Why? Saturn, my first note for this is like, why was this even a pairing like ever? Like, who thought this would be good? Raven Saturn? Oh, Raven and Terry. Oh, yeah, that's a little weird. If you think about it, this is kind of a, a WCW rematch because these guys feuded back in WCW quite a bit. Yeah, well, they were. He was in the flock, so. Yeah. And Saturn wore a dress before Raven did. Voluntarily, I might add. Yeah, right. Uh, Saturn gets busted open around his left eye at some point. Saturn ends up winning with a spinning fisherman suplex into a pin. This felt like a big nothing burger. Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I gave it an even two. What say you? I gave it a solid one. Yeah, it's kind of sucked. They didn't give him any time, but at the same time, I, I don't feel... Want, I didn't want them to have time. I didn't yeah. want this match. I feel like it was better in WCW. Not that it was burning down the house back then, but yeah, I don't know. Raven can do so much better. Saturn can do so much better. I, I don't know. I just feel like everything Raven did in WWF just kind of sucked. I think everything he did in everywhere besides ECW sucked. You don't like anything he did in WCW? What hell do you do? I don't know. The Flock stuff was all right. Thank you. I don't know. Thank you. Prove my point. He didn't do nothing. The flock stuff was was all right. It and, was hey, nowhere close to cool. I thought the stuff he did in TNA was good. Well, I was I'm talking about TNA though. Yeah, but you said anywhere outside of ECW sucked. 
Well, I completely forgot about TNA, to be fair. But. TNA is actually where I became a big fan of his. So, I don't You're know. going to get some heat for that one. <laughs> wow. That's like yeah. saying I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than the comics, dude. They're going to roast you for that, dude. <laughs> wow. I do like the Marvel Cinematic Universe better well, than some of the comics. You're getting two letters, man. To be honest, I look with, with the comics, they get a little convoluted at times. It's like, dude, I can't follow what the F this is supposed to be. But anyway, getting back to this. Backstage, I completely forgot they had Lillian Garcia doing interviews back at, at this time. Uh, oh, yeah, she, was, she used to have to hit on the rock like weekly. <laughs> yeah, and he talked about the strudel. But Lillian Garcia is interviewing Christian. She asks as if it was worth it, or, or she asks if it was worth it for him to turn on his brother Edge. They're still pretending they're brothers at this time. Uh, I know, and they're clearly white guys. I don't get that. What the hell? Uh, Christian says tonight he has the opportunity to prove that he's superior to Edge. And at the end of the night, False. no. Huh? False. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, hey, he outworks everybody, all yeah, right? Christian was cooler when he had an Edge. Wow. That was Max Caster's greatest uh, rap ever. <laughs> you were cooler when you had an edge. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the end of the night, Sorry. no one will be talking about Kurt Angle going after the WWF title. They'll be talking about Christian beating Edge for the Intercontinental title. He, yeah. He ends it all by saying, damn right it was about being worth it to turn on his brother. And now... By the way, I forgot about the stupid theme song he had. It was like an opera song. I hated that one. I've got an actual argument with people that say that's his best theme ever. I'm like, what? Shut the hell up. Yep. In what universe? Ugh, whatever. I thought it. I thought it was comedic. Like when I heard it, I openly laughed. But whatever. Bro, when he debuted, I cried out of laughter, bro. <laughs> the hell. This match is Edge defending the WWF Intercontinental title against Christian. It went just shy of 12 minutes. I admit, I marked the F out when that Peacock left. Never going to stop by Rob Zombie in for Edge. I was like, is this an error? Uh, yeah. They talk about it during the his whole entrance, by the way. About how he's like, uh, you know, Rob Zombie's a big fan of the WWF and all that. And Paul Heyman was like, well, why is he giving his song to Edge? Why doesn't he give give his music to the Alliance? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think at Survivor Series, he's going to have a thing where he says, well, I've had a good authority when, when you know, the Alliance beats WWE tonight, Rob Zombie's going to give the entire album to the Alliance. So he actually carries it out. <laughs> good Lord. Uh, was this his Hellbilly Deluxe album? I think so. Okay, if, if it was, uh, that that album was like, we, we talked about like albums that like the whole thing was damn near hits. That's one of them. Uh, but these two end up brawling on the stage and then back to the ring. Edge gets cut under his left eye and bleeds. Christian goes for a one-man concerto but gets stopped by Edge. Uh, Edge then goes for it. The ref takes a chair, and Christian nails Edge in between the legs with another chair, pins him, and wins the Intercontinental title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. Pretty good damn match. What say you? I gave it three, but I still think their match they're going to have with the next pay-per-view is better. Survivor Series? I think they wrestled on No Mercy. Ah, okay. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch that one because I don't remember that one. So uh, this this one was pretty good though. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was fun. Uh, but in the play package for the next match, Stephen Richards uh, had no. the 
He blamed The Undertaker for the right to censor disbanding, so he challenged The Undertaker to a fight. Uh, once Undertaker came out, Brian Adams kicks The Undertaker's motorcycle over, and then Brian Clark jumped Undertaker from behind. They beat him down. And then later, Chronic costs brother, the Brothers of Destruction the WWF tag team titles against the Dudley Boys. But never fear, the Brothers of Destruction are still the WCW tag team champions. So, you know, that means something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have anything witty to say to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, no. <sighs> but this effing match, man. Uh, it's the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker, defending the WCW tag team titles against Chronic which is uh, Brian Adams and Brian Clark. They've got Steven Richards in their corner. He's got the slick back black hair still, but he's wearing like a skin tight black t-shirt and like black slacks. So it's almost like he's mourning the death of the right to censor. As we all were. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, wrestling just wasn't the same anymore, man. I have a Jack's figure of Steven Richards. Nothing. Just the one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this one gets jump started outside of the ring. Uh, this looks like Undertaker. Jump start. <laughs> this looks like Undertaker and Kane were wrestling two cement mixers, man. Uh, Undertaker. It's really weird, by the way, not to get ahead, but I, just like, how did this match be this bad? Because all these guys are pretty good. I, I know. Well, and on, and when you think about it, and on top of that, these are Undertaker's friends. Yeah, right. He, he's friends with with Adams and Clark. So what the hell? I also laugh, by the way, because it's like WWF kept them as chronic and they didn't bring them back as Crush and Adam Bomb. I think like, uh, I think Brian Clark actually owns the rights to Adam Bomb, too. So I don't think they wanted to. I, I could be wrong on that, but he's he's actually selling like Adam Bomb stuff now and he autographs it on Adam Bomb because he owns the rights to it. So, wow. Nice. Not so my, point being, my point being, I don't know if, uh, you know, they say that doesn't like it if he didn't make it or he doesn't own it. That's probably why. I don't know ah. if that's true or not. That's what the fanboys say. But <laughs> Well, anyway. Uh, you cannot get some of this on the Peacock feed, by the way. They edited it out. Uh, but The Undertaker gets frustrated multiple times, shouting the F word. Uh, during his comeback, he openly shouts, Feed! Feed! <laughs> uh, Chronic looks lost multiple times in this one. The match finally ends with Undertaker hitting the choke slam on Brian Clark, and he pins him. Uncle Dave, gave, <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it negative two stars. I didn't think it was that damn bad. I gave a star and a half. What say you? I gave it one. I forgot how bad it was until I watched it back. I was like, dude, did Adams and Clark forget how to wrestle? Like, what the hell, man? I don't I get it. You know they left right after this, like literally right after. I don't think we were someone TV again. Yeah, well, yeah, they got fired right after this. And and a lot of people point to this was why. Because Vince McMahon saw this match and went, what the F was that? And just fired him. I, this was basically their tryout. I think that um, Brian Adams died not too long after this, right? Uh, I forget off the top of my head. I'm going to have to look that up. But, uh, yeah, man, it just... Look at the face of The Undertaker after this match, by the way. Like, that says it all right there. As he has a look on his face like, son of a... Like, I don't get it, because, like, Brian Adams didn't suck. Brian Clark didn't suck. So, I don't get it, man. Uh, by the way, uh, Adams died in August of 2007. All right, we'll edit that out, because that's a 
That's a roast waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, apparently it was because he mixed medications he wasn't supposed to mix. Yikes. Uh, but, yeah, after the match, Stephen Richards comes into the ring with a chair, but he gets caught by The Undertaker and Kane. They surround him. He begs Kane, but Kane chokeslams him to hell anyway. Undertaker looks pissed as Kane hits his pyro, grabs the tag title, poses, and leaves. Backstage, we get Shane McMahon giving Booker T a pep talk, saying that tonight the WCW comes back home. Taz comes in wearing a WCW t-shirt. I felt that was notable. Uh, and said that it would be sad if Booker T and Shane McMahon couldn't beat The Rock tonight. They kicked Taz out of the locker room after that. And then we get Stephanie McMahon walking around looking for Rob Van Dam, and she's told by Jonathan Coachman that he's in locker room five. She knocks on the door, doesn't wait. She just starts talking and says tomorrow's her birthday, and if RVD could destroy Chris Jericho tonight, that would be the best birthday present ever, and she'll make sure that Rob's time in the Alliance will be a pleasurable one. You know, because Miss McMahon loves making his daughter do perverted crap on screen. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? You're going to seduce the pothead. God dang it. Look at those breasts. They're beefy. And so are Van Dams. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, but Chris Jericho is actually standing right behind her this entire time. And she turns around and sees him. And he makes some jokes about her age, her sleeping around, and about her fake breasts before patting her on the face and walking away because he says he's going to throw her a birthday party and he's going to bring the balloons. He points at her breast. He's like, well, I see you've already got the balloons. <laughs> Good Lord, man. This happened for a while, man. Why, why was this a thing on TV? I don't know, man. He's he's like, that was just like a running thing of him making fun of uh, her sleeping around and her big fake breasts and everything else. It's like, it's wow. Funny, and, half, and like Half a year, they'll, she'll be managing him. Yeah, right. But up next, we get Rob Van Dam defending the WWF hardcore title against Y2J Chris Jericho in about 16 and a half minutes. This one was more of a wrestling match than most hardcore matches. At no, one point, I was going to say, you ever notice RVD's hardcore matches were mostly wrestling? They just happened to include some weapons. Yeah, that was right. one of my notes on this. I'm like, is this a hardcore match? Because there's times I forget it is. Yeah, they didn't break out a weapon until like halfway through the match. So and then they start doing stuff outside the ring, whatever. But they don't overuse it to where it's just like that's it. So I don't know. Uh, but at one point, Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho over the top of the ladder. He loved doing that. Uh, Jericho gets busted open. Stephanie McMahon runs down and grabs a chair that Jericho has at one point. Jericho turns around, and swings a chair at her. Then he turns back around into a Van Daminator. And then RVD hits the five-star frog splash for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it four stars. It was my favorite match of the night. What say you? I really liked it, but I, I was a little more harsh on it. I gave it three. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's a damn good one. Every time RVD and Chris Jericho stepped in the ring, I feel like they made magic. <laughs> and I want to know how many potatoes were thrown between the two of them. Because if you listen to anybody talk, they're like, yeah, Jericho lays his crap in and and uh, if RVD, you know, kicks you, it's most likely going to be a hard one. Ask Abyss. Yeah, right. So, I mean, uh, Shawn Michaels talked about that with, with Chris Jericho, where he was like, well, I've wrestled with you enough to know, you know, because Jericho said something about it's like, oh, I'll take it easy. And he's like, well, I've wrestled you enough to know, you know, when you say you're going to take it easy, uh, I better get my hands up. <laughs> Ask Shawn Michaels' wife. <laughs> yeah, right. 
that's why he said he was worried about that too. He's like, well, I know you, uh, you have a hard time pulling your punches. So I wasn't surprised right in the lips, man. But after the match, Stephanie walks to the back, clapping and celebrating another one for the Alliance. But we now go back to Booker T's locker room where Booker is telling himself that he's going to be the six time WCW champion. Shane McMahon walks in and says that it doesn't matter who beats the rock tonight. All that matters is that the WCW title comes back to the Alliance after Booker. I remember watching this thinking, oh, my God, Shane's going to win that title. (laughs) Yeah. And oddly enough, he wouldn't have been the most embarrassing champion in that title's history. He would have been (laughs) he'd have been like number three. David R. Quinn for the win. Uh, I don't know who's worse, him or Russo. Bro. Uh, you know, I go say Arquetti only because I keep calling him Arquetti. It's a big joke. <laughs> I keep saying Arquette though. Well, Arquette will be number one though because at least Russo got rid of it. They were Arquette like wore around and we had a match with it. Russo gave it up right away. To be fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. By default. Yeah, I, I I guess it depends on how you look at it. Uh, but after Booker leaves the locker room, Shane makes it clear that he wants that title. Ugh, man. But up next, we get The Rock defending the WCW title. You heard that correct. Against Booker T and Shane McMahon in a handicap match. It's went about 15 and a half minutes. Uh, Nick Patrick is this one, or is the referee for this one, no longer rocking his uh, Kenny Powers look. I know, that sucked. I know. Where's the mustache and the, and the curly mullet, man? Uh, that was but, the whole appeal to me. But... Right. But he basically lets the WCW team do whatever the hell they want. Uh, test runs yeah, in. you haven't seen that, Nick Patrick, enough. <laughs> right. Uh, test runs in and takes out The Rock, beating him down. Bradshaw, of all people, now runs down and chases Test off with a lead pipe. I like how, like, Paul Heyman's, like, stupid, uh, like, justification for this. He's like, oh, come on now. Why the hell's like, what's Bradshaw doing out here? He doesn't have any business out here. And JR's is like, well, what the hell is, is Test doing out here? He's like, well, he's part of the Alliance. He's like, yeah, and Bradshaw's part of the WWF. He's like, yeah, but this is a WCW title match. See, the Alliance can get involved. Like, holy crap. At least he broke it down. We'll call it logically. (laughs) That's like, dude, it's like, God, at least he tried to make it make sense. I did laugh at one point. I don't know if this is the match, but at one point he he mentions that his father is a lawyer. And JR's like, go figure. Your father's a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, man. Uh, Mike Kyoto comes down to yell at Nick Patrick, and he pulls Shane McMahon off of the pin, and then he clotheslines Patrick out of the ring. Booker T then takes out Kyoto. Finally, The Rock reverses a bookend into a rock bottom. Earl Hebner runs down and counts the pin, and The Rock wins! Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I didn't like it that much. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it three. I, I really liked it, actually. I don't know. I don't like handicap matches to begin with. I thought this was just filled with bullcrap interference and multiple well, referees. Yeah, it's just meant to be Booker and Rock with Shane being out there if you go back and watch it. Just, yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea. I could see why people would like it. I, I don't know. Like I said, it just wasn't my thing. But anyway, Commissioner William Regal is in his office with Tajiri, who's got his ribs taped up asking if he's too hurt to compete against Rhino tonight. Tori Wilson then walks in to flirt with Tajiri, asking if she can be at ringside along with him tonight. Regal agrees and shoes them off. By the way, I, I remember Tori being with 
to Jerry for a while. And she was with like he turned heel at one point and made her like wear like a full like kimono or whatever. Like, how long did this stuff go on for? I I don't know, like a couple of months, I think. Well, because I I'm I'm getting like the timelines. I like, think they, I think they might have been together twice. Okay. I, I think. Because yeah, I couldn't remember if this was like a continuation or whatever. Or if they split up and got back together. Because I remember he was a heel at one point. Do you remember that? He, like, made her cover up all the time. Yeah, but didn't didn't that all start when he used the black mist on Nydia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's definitely, like, in a couple of years, so. Okay, yeah. so they split up and get back together. All it's right. So, yeah. Ugh. Well, now we go to WWF New York, where Stacey Keebler is rubbing up on a guy's face, talking about how he's got a close shave. She then starts randomly shaving her legs. What the F? I don't know. Some people are into that. I like. I thought maybe they were like trying to sell razors or something. Nope. She's just shaving her legs at WWF this New York. The early, this is the early Manscaped commercial. Yeah. I, it's like, what the hell? You ever see those Venus commercials where they're showing like women trimming bushes? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of subtle. Yeah. Uh, it's like, is it like that? But they, they're not even selling anything. They're just like, look at her legs. She's shaving them. All right. Uh, but now we go to Tajiri defending the WCW United States title in uh, four minutes, 50 seconds against Rhino. Tajiri's got Tori Wilson in his corner. I'll be honest. I forget Tajiri was U.S. champ. Uh, yeah, Rhino, I mean, I remember at this point, but like, I, I forgot he was too. And then like, oh yeah, I remember him having like a, slight run with it yeah Yeah, it was just an extra title to be fair though at the point at that point if you think about it this was a wc or uh excuse me an ecw match between these guys i always often wondered too during the alliance why tj wasn't on the alliance yeah right uh but in this one rhino works the ribs of tajiri a lot he chases tori around the ring at one point she gets in the ring and twists her ankle on a high heel uh, and then Rhino goes to well, gore yeah, her. Yeah, you always running high heels. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Rhino goes to gore her, and, you know, because we've established in previous podcasts, he enjoys man-on-woman violence. Huh? <laughs> and... Ask Sandman's wife. <laughs> yeah, ask Sandman's wife, ask Tommy Dreamer's wife. He just loves uh, tackling and pile-driving women, man. But he goes to gore her, but when he runs in... Wrestling? Say what? Are we still talking about wrestling? Or... Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think you got it. You might hear it in editing. Oh, keep going. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, he goes to gore her and then gets uh, kicked in the face by Tajiri. Uh, in the end, Rhino ends up hitting the gore on Tajiri for the win. So there you go. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three stars. Uh, I gave it two. What do you say? I barely gave it two. Yeah. This was... Three stars, really? Yeah, this was below average, man. That means and, the Tokyo Dome, he gives this thing five. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what the hell? In what world is this three epic stars? <sighs> Whatever, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so we got one more match to go, which means we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the main event for the WWF title right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. 
Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. Uh, this is the main event of the evening. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin defending the WWF World Heavyweight title against Kurt Angle in his hometown. This one. Or as Chris Jericho calls him, Kurt Angel. Yes. I don't know why that always got me. Kurt Angel, mind freak. Uh, anyway, this uh, this match went just over 23 minutes. This is one of my all-time favorite Kurt Angle singlets, by the way. I'm partial to SummerSlam uh, 2002, man, when he wears that candy striper one. But Oh, my gosh. That one was so <laughs> effing hideous. <laughs> I was I like, love, what? I love them and tell me to figure that, by the way, to, you know, immortalize it. Yeah. Remember how <laughs> hideous this was? Now you can see it all the time. Put it on your wall. Like, oh, my gosh. They made a few figures from that SummerSlam, by the way. But my my thing is like, did he not have time to get it finished? It, it, did did he see it and was like, oh my gosh? And it's like, well, gotta go with what it was. Like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> right. It's not what, done yet. The hell, it's not. <laughs> wait, wait. Was this the same show that that uh, uh, Shawn Michaels wore the poop brown tights? No, I was a couple of shows later though. It's in the same era. <laughs> Yeah, so what is it with people not getting their gear finished, assuming that this was unfinished? Uh, I don't she know. She's just running behind. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she had, Maybe she was sick. Uh, but this match gets jump-started on the ramp. Uh, Stone Cold tries to take uh, the title and leave at one point, but Angle attacks him on the stage. Angle throws Austin off the ramp to the concrete, just like Austin did to Angle a few weeks ago. Uh, Angle pulled... Uh, Excuse me, Angle and Austin pull the mat back outside of the ring, and Angle back body drops Austin onto the concrete. Austin returns the favor. Austin gets busted open. Uh, Angle gets slammed onto the announcer table. Austin flips off Karen Angle in the front row. She stands up, flips him off, and shouts, F you! 
That was funny. Yeah, dude. She's, um, I didn't notice. I, I, that was one of my notes. Like, this girl's always had a potty mouth. Remember, we did in TNA, too. Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, she... like, uh, like, I think um, during the whole, whole thing with, I forget, what, I think it was Jeff and, and, and uh, Jeff, Jared, and Kurt Angle, and wrestling referees were taking her out. She can clearly on camera, the, uh, it's audible as hell. She goes, don't effing touch me. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> Good Lord. Angle hits a stunner for a near fall. Austin hits an angle slam for a near fall. Uh, they put over the, uh, Kurt Angle's hurt neck throughout the whole match. And Austin finally hits a pile driver for a near fall. In the end, Angle locks in an ankle lock. Austin crawls over and grabs a ring skirt. But he also taps out, and Angle's declared the winner. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it four as well. I thought it was excellent. This was pretty damn good. Uh, these two beat the piss out of each other. You could tell they were laying it in, man. What did you, th- I mean, did you think anything about it when he, like, crawled out and like he was right there grabbing the ring apron, but still tapped out. No, not until the next night on Raw. I didn't even think about it. Because the first thing that went through my head, I was like, well, he's under the bottom rope. So shouldn't that like not count? And I'm like, because I don't remember the, the uh, like what happened next. Did they strip him of the title and give it back to Austin? No, they, they um, have him have a rematch uh, two weeks right after this on Raw and William Regal turns on him and joins the alliance and helps Austin win it back. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, f- I forget the chain of events. So, um, yeah. Cause I'm like, well, right there, like, uh, that, like I, I figured, uh, they'd be like, well, that doesn't count. The title goes back to Austin or whatever. So, well, after the match, Kurt Angle's family and friends get in the ring to celebrate with him. The WWF locker room then unloads to congratulate him and celebrate his victory to close the show. For once, the hometown boy wins. How about that? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I just I, I honestly forgot it was in his hometown until the match started. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, speaking of hometowns, did you did you catch during the the world title or the WCW title match? Uh, friggin' Jr. said something about, well, the Rocks University of Miami Hurricanes are on top. You know, I mean, they're no Oklahoma Sooners. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I didn't catch that part, but. I remember yeah, he correct. used to do that crap all the time on Raw. Yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, this was a year the uh, Hurricanes lost to uh, the Ohio State in for the world title or the national title. I mean, the world title, world title, national title, whatever. It's a little bit different, actually. Seeing as the world encompasses seven continents. Hey, America is the world. All right. I like to think that, but yeah. America. Uh, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, well, that does it for the show. Uh, anything to, I mean, we, we've got one more segment with the final ratings, but anything to add here to the main event? I just think people should go back and watch it. This is a really good show or event too. I mean, main event, I should say. Not to get ahead, but. Right. It's a forgotten classic, the whole show. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it's, it's, it's forgotten. That's, that's for sure. Cause not a lot of people talk about it. I, I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, you know, somebody that you and I like his content, uh, Mr. Brian Zane over at Triple W Wrestling with Regret. He just did a review of the show up on his YouTube channel, so people can go check that out as well. Uh, see what he thought of the show. He likes to kick people, I heard. <laughs> yeah, right, right in the nether regions. 
we're gonna personal our... friend. I have his phone number in my phone, by the way. People don't. I'm not joking. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we're gonna take uh... some figure deals or you know. Some... Wow, nice. He's constantly at uh, AEW or not, well. Uh, wait, he's been on AEW. He was once, but he's constantly at <laughs> APW. Nice. Well, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings, and we're going to tell you what is coming up next week on the podcast right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. For the final time today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, so Hopefully I, on Wednesday when it drops. Come on. Yeah, well, you need to be listening to it as soon as it goes live. I usually try to schedule it about 1030 in the morning Eastern time. So, you know, sit there with bated breath waiting for it to to populate in your in your feed you know so there you go anyway uh, imdb gives this seven out of ten cagematch.net gives it 7.02 out of 10 i give it eight out of ten for a b what say you i too gave it a b plus it was a good show uh, i mean it didn't have the big show feel i guess but they still made it matter yeah, it was more of a patriotic show, too, so... Yeah, and I definitely remember the lead-up to the main event. I remember the whole Austin throwing the medals off of the bridge, uh, Kurt Angle kidnapping Austin and throwing him into a kiddie pool. I just, I, I remember... Do you remember Austin going back and fishing the medals out of the river? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. And when Kurt joins the Alliance, he gives him the medals back. He goes, oh, I went and fished them out for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. This was this was also the time when they did the Milkomania thing. I was there. You were there for that? Yeah, it was in Sacramento. Oh, for wow. SummerSlam. Nice. And I even have the Mattel box set of that whole thing. <laughs> uh, of course you do. That's pretty sweet though. Uh yeah, so this was this was a big time. Uh this this feud between Austin and, and Angle was a big deal. Uh, Kurt Angle joins the Alliance, but then come to find out he wasn't really part of the Alliance. He was doing some covert operations on behalf of the WWF. Not tests like everyone thought. Yeah, right. So he was the mole. 
Mole, mole, mole. But that's uh, Unforgiven 2001, man. Yet another Alliance show down, and uh, it's been 20 years. I, I, I can't believe it. I remember sitting there watching it like it was yesterday. But this is double main event week, man. You know what that means. More content. Damn straight. That means bonus show this Friday. We've been playing this up. It's our second timepiece ever. Ever. Bro. Bro. It's this. You're going to hear this bonus show, bro. And it's going to make you cry, bro. But it's going to be in the archives. So it'll never be gone forever, bro. This bonus show. I got it all in. This bonus show on Friday is Vince Russo runs WCW dot 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 into the ground. And this is this is this is from if I look at my my notes here, we're only going from October 3rd, 1999, when he officially signs with WCW until January of 2000, when he officially goes on hiatus yeah he there's ta- a lot more after that <laughs> yes and we're not hitting every single thing but we are hitting the quote-unquote high points here and Loose term yeah but this man this was when vince russo wasn't even t- technically seen on camera he was the powers that be and you got to see him from behind in a chair yep so i'm gonna i've got my notes uh, you're, you'll probably be pulling things out of memory. I don't know if you still got any notes. I have the entire thing still from the last time we did this. So. Oh gosh. All right. Well, <laughs> you might have to pull those out and, uh, pull it out and, uh, and, uh, fill in some blanks here. Cause we're going to do the best we can, but we have another timepiece set up for October. And if I have to, I will, re- I will replace that with part two of this. So this may have to be a September and October bonus. All right. Which Happy I'm fine Halloween, with. bro. We're going to scare the hell out of you with this crap, bro. Yeah, right. Hey, what what's scarier than Vince Russo taking over the show, bro? That Nothing. damn Vince Russo. <laughs> that damn Vince Russo struck again. <laughs> but that's this Friday. Shivani's greatest calls ever. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they made a gif out of it. But there's that, and uh, September 29th, next Wednesday, we're wrapping up the month of September with TNA Unbreakable 2005. It was a big event. Be real, this is a one-match show, and I don't give a damn. This is worth the price of admission. But anyway, uh, so that's coming up. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Friday is really going to hurt our heads, but, you know, we'll make it work. And we'll see you all this Friday with Vince Russo, bro. Runs WCW into the ground. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 